Thank you, Mike. Superb. Good morning, everyone. How are we doing? Excellent. Good stuff. Okay, so we've just read that verse. Now, when we're trying to engage with the Bible, and we're trying to read the Bible for all it's worth, actually, sometimes, it doesn't matter what age you are, that can be really, really challenging, can't it? Really, really daunting. Even when you're learning it all in Sunday school from a young age, sometimes those stories just seem really confusing or there's funny names in it or stuff that happens. You know what? I don't get that. It was all those years ago. But if we really want to learn how to read the Bible for all it's worth, we need to strip everything back and start with the basics. Does that sound like a plan? And if we get the basics right, I reckon everything else will fit into place much, much easier. So... First of all, I need four volunteers. Willing volunteers, preferably. But if not, I can take any volunteers. Are you coming up? Right, Jake, up you come. I've got one, two. Excellent, wonderful. Three. Ah, wonderful. And do we have a fourth? No, no, she says. No, not a chance. No? Oh, I agree. Okay, anyone else? Another volunteer. Three, two, one. Right, do you know what you can do? Would one of you like to bring your mum or dad up? <laughs> right. Oh, right, you going? Right, go for it. Go grab them. Go pull them up. Excellent. So we've got our fourth. Fantastic. Wonderful. Right, if you come all the way over here, Jake. Excellent. Wonderful. And you stand there. Lovely job. Excellent. Are we ready? Oh, sorry, Dad. Oh, he was not expecting this when he got out of bed this morning. He thought, I'll sit by the back of the church and I'll have a little snooze and all, you know. So, <laughs> okay, wonderful. So, Excellent. So I'd like a nice orderly line, chaps. This will be fantastic. Excellent. If you'd like to line up next to your peers, fantastic. Thank you all. <laughs> so, so we read. We read in... Oh, oh, my stuff's falling off. Will you look at that? So we read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the first part. We're looking at verse 15. And it says, And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. I would like to propose this morning that the Bible, I know, the Bible, God's Word, only has two purposes. <gasps> not one, not three, but two main purposes. And you're thinking, two main purposes? Look at the size of the thing. It's got loads of purposes. No, no, no. There's only Two main purposes. And it's wonderful because now we don't even have to count on your fingers. One purpose, so put your left hand up for me. One purpose and two purpose is. <laughs> two purpose is. Okay, so by the end, you will know one purpose, two purposes, right? Okay, so, and with these guys, my willing volunteers, are going to help me demonstrate this. So, purpose number one. So, the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So, purpose number one, raise your left hand. Purpose number one is all about God teaching us about him and his plan for us. It's to help us get to know him, and it's to help us walk with him better. Okay, so, purpose number one is the big picture. Can you say that with me? Three, two, one. Purpose number one. Okay, are you ready? So, what is the big picture? So, have you guys ever heard of the four points? You've never heard of the four points? Excellent. Then this is going to be a fresh piece of information for you guys. Okay, have you guys heard of the four points? You've seen the four points? Great. It's a lovely little description of the big picture. So, we're going to have a look. So, on the four points, there is point number one. Can you guess what it is? We have, oh, isn't that nice? Oh, give him a big R. Oh. 
Oh, lovely. Point number one, he loves us so, so much and he wants relationship with us. Point number two, I'm really sorry about this. Point number two, but we keep getting it wrong. Oh, nightmare. So we keep getting it wrong, we just, oh, we keep messing up. But guess what, it doesn't matter. Because God loves us, even though we get it wrong, he'll always try and give us a way out and try and save us. Isn't that great? No matter what happens, he always gives us a way. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you need to hold that. There we go. Fantastic. Or you can put it on. Do you want to put it on? No, no, no. No. Uh, so so he, he will always give us a way out. But even though he gives us a way out, because we keep getting it wrong, but he loves us, so he gives us a way out, we have to choose, we have to choose to accept that salvation, accept the way that he saves us. Okay, the big picture. Now, when you see these big picture wristbands and all that sort of stuff, yes, it's all about Jesus, and it is all about Jesus. But do you know, when we talk about... There we go, just checking you switched on. When we talk about the big picture, actually, that doesn't just start with Jesus. God's been doing this a long, long time. Okay, I want you to think back. Who knows the story of Jonah? When he gets swallowed by the big fish. Do we know that story? Have you heard it before? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's heard it. Brilliant. Okay, so you've heard it as well. Amazing. So we all know the story of Jonah and the big fish. But guess what? God loves the people of Nineveh. But guess what? They're not getting it right. They're just not getting things right. But you know what? He says, right, Jonah, go and tell them that they're not getting it right. Tell them about my love because I'm giving them a way out. If they turn and turn to me and turn away from these kind of ways, then I will save them. But they've got to choose to do it of their own accord. Do you see that? There's a big picture theme going on here. Who's heard of Moses? Anyone heard of Moses? Moses, you heard of Moses as well? Ten Commandments. Do we know about the Ten Commandments? So Moses brings them down in the big stone tablets, and he's saying, right, these are the ways that you're going to have to, the things you're going to have to follow. Sometimes people think that God just throws rules at people. Oh, you've got to follow this, this, and this, otherwise you're a bad person, right? Well, actually, why don't we flip it on its head? Actually, what if God gave Moses, the Israelites, the ten best ways that they could live life? Why? Because he loves them that much. They're not getting it right. But those ten best ways to live is what's going to save them. But they have to choose to follow those ten best ways to live. Does that make sense? There is a reoccurring theme throughout the whole Bible. It comes up time and time again. And why? Because it's all part of God's Okay, you're getting it, you're getting it. It's all part of God's. There we go, fantastic. So, purpose number one of the Bible, to give us God's big, crumbling picture. Right at the end there. So, God's big picture, all about how he loves us. We're not getting it right, he wants to save us, but we have to choose to do it. Okay, so that's point number one, but we still have point number two. So, verses 16 and 17. All which follows on. All scripture is God breathed. How cool does that sound? And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God can be fully equipped for every good deed. So I want to propose that purpose number two is every good deed. This is God's plan, okay? So why? Because he wants to teach us. I expect that to be read, okay? I need you to read that. So, he plans to teach us. Oh, sorry. So, are you ready? 
Why does he plan to teach us? Well, also, he plans to rebuke us. Sorry, that's the same thing. But he plans to rebuke us. Now, rebuke, some people think, oh, it's negative. You're just getting a good telling off. Well, actually, what if it was more like, do you know what? The big picture, he really does love us. And so because he loves us, when he rebukes us, it's because we can do better. We can live better. And he wants to see us flourish. He wants to see us live more like Jesus, because that is the best way to live, and we benefit from it. So rebuke is a positive thing. It's accountability. It's living more like God. So he wants to teach us. He wants to rebuke us. He also wants to write. Do you know what this is? Do you know what that looks like? It's a compass. Yeah, it's a compass. It's my brothers from the army, believe it or not. So are you ready? Oh, look at that. So it's a compass. So correcting. Sometimes we just go a little bit off off piste, if you like. And actually, we need something just to bring us back on course and to go, actually, do you know what? This is how it should be. You're just a little bit off course. Sometimes in different parts of your life, I remember thinking very differently as a young boy that I do as an adult. I know I don't always act like it. I have grown up just a little bit, okay? So, and actually, every, every stage of my life, the Bible has meant something different to me. And actually, it is a compass that for whatever stage of life, it will direct us. It will help us stay on track all the time, okay? Now, the last one. Well, the last one's really important. And, uh, right, can you hold this for me? Do you reckon you can hold that for me? Yeah. Okay, are you, are you going to play it? Preferably not, if you can wait to the end. That'd be great. Wonderful. So this is all about, you can leave that on the floor, that's fine. So this is all about training. Who's ever learned a musical instrument? So like, yeah. And actually, you have to put practice in. You have to work hard at the instrument to get good at it. And if you don't practice, it doesn't happen. In the youth on Sunday afternoons, we are doing a youth-confirmed slash baptism course where we look at what it means, but also what spiritual disciplines look like. A bit like we're covering a spiritual discipline in church every Sunday. Right? So if you can imagine training, actually, how do we read our Bible better? How do we pray more intentionally? How do we detach from the busyness of life and social media so that we can hear that small whisper of God's voice? And actually, the Bible is something that helps us to train us. And actually, if we don't engage with that, we're not going to train ourselves any better. Why? Because God's the smart one. We should definitely follow God and his word. So we have purpose number one, which is... The big picture. And number two, which is to prepare us for every good work. So two things, two purposes that the Bible has. So we have those two purposes. Now, um, guys, thank you so much. Do you reckon you can take a seat? Because in a minute, I'm going to talk to the adults. Does that sound like a plan? Wonderful. Oh, you can dump all the stuff down there. I will clear that up in a second. Thank you very much. You can keep the hat if you want. It's entirely absolute, no? Okay. I looked up what dunce, the dunce hat was, and it said for unruly school children. I thought, oh, that was a, a bit strong. So, um, so, we've seen that the Bible has two purposes, right? Two purposes. But the thing is, if we miss it, if we don't intentionally take the Bible for what it is, God breathed, then actually, how on earth are these little people down here, how on earth are they going to engage with it? How are they going to engage with it? There's a really cool phrase, and it says, it's caught and it's not taught. Does that make sense? It's caught, not taught. Why? Because these guys, they're smarter than they know, right? They're so much smarter than even they know. And uh, Good afternoon. <laughs> so, they're smarter than they know. So, if, if the Bible, putting the Bible and making it part of your culture in your home, if that is not a priority, they will sniff out a mile off. 
and they'll know, and they won't catch it. But if it is a priority, and you intentionally make it a priority, they will catch it, and they will grow in it, because you will model it to them. And parents, you are frontline as parents. It is your primary responsibility to do that, but it's not just your responsibility. We as a church, we're talking kids workers, children's workers, um, youth workers, grandparents, godparents, anyone who comes into contact with any young person throughout the week, it is your responsibility as well, and my responsibility. So, we need to make sure they catch it, because teaching it isn't the right way to go about it. We need to model it so that they catch it, because it's not going to get taught. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Uh, but I have, last thing, I have the best kept secret in the church for you adults. The best kept secret until now. Are you ready? Because this is exciting stuff. You know, I mean, I'm surprised this wasn't written in the Bible, because it's, it's gold, right? Absolute gold. So, you, as adults, when you read the Bible, you don't need to know everything. <gasps> I'm like, I know, mind-blowing, right? You don't need to know everything. Why? Because actually, no matter how long you've been reading the Bible for, no matter how long you've been a Christian, every time you open it, it says something different. It's a living word. And actually, it speaks to us differently in every context we're in. And actually, if we don't have the courage to stand there and go, do you know what? I don't get that part. I'm going to question it. I'm going to ask questions about it and go and learn more about it. Learn what God wants to say to me. If we don't have that courage, then it's going to be so much harder to model to these little ones. There is a great little anecdote that I heard once um, a few years ago, so I sort of nicked it, but it's a great anecdote, right? And it's about this theological college in the United States, this seminary college. And uh, there's all these students of doing a doctorate in theology, and oh, they're just absolute brain boxes, right? Absolute powerhouses for brains, okay? So, and they're studying, they've gone into this lecture, and it's like a three, four-hour lecture on the book of Revelation. Oh, I know, I feel the pain. I feel the pain. It's a heavy, heavy book, okay? If you've ever read it, heavy, heavy book. Lots of imagery, numerology, all these, I don't know, beasts, and well, goodness knows what. But really heavy book, really hard to understand. And they've got this professor of theology who's throwing out all these bits of information and what it all means. And, it's, and these guys, they come out and they stagger out of this, this seminar Oh, like, like they've just had three rounds with Mike Tyson. They're kind of standing there. Oh, my goodness. I, I, do know no, I know nothing about the book of Revelation. Okay? I know nothing. It's so hard. Anyway, so they go for lunch. And as they pass one of the chefs, and the chef sat there, and he happens to be reading his, reading his Bible. Can you believe it? And uh, he's been at this college. He would confess to you. He's not an intelligent guy. He's got no degree in all this stuff. But he sat there, and he's reading his Bible. Can you believe it? Um, bit of devotional time before lunch. And because they always chatted to him, he's a fairly nice guy. They said, oh, how's it going? Oh, what are you reading? And he said, oh, I'm just reading the book of Revelation. And uh, all right, good luck with that one, he says. And he says, good luck? What, what do you mean, good luck? And he says, well, that is by far the most difficult book in the Bible that I've ever read. It's the most challenging thing. I just had a three, four-hour lecture from one of the cleverest minds in the country on this, on this topic. And do you know what? I feel like I know less now than when I walked in. Honestly, I do. I just I don't get it. It's completely went over my head. So, no offence, but good luck to you. Okay? And this chef sits there and he goes, well, it seems quite simple to me. And he goes, simple? What, what do you mean simple? And he goes, oh, isn't it obvious? Jesus wins. Jesus wins. <laughs> And it's, yeah, it's funny, but there is truth in it. Sometimes we get stuck into stuff. And actually, remember the big picture. It's not supposed to be a chore to read your Bible. 
It's not supposed to be a chore. It's God saying, do you know what? I love you this much, this much. And so when we start from that place, the Bible has two purposes. To tell us the big picture about God's love for us and to prepare us for every good work. And when we start from that place, then we know, do you know what? I can do this. I can model this to my kids, what it looks like. And also, I can use it for my own benefit. Because we've got to be intentional. It's not just for them. for them, it's for us as well. We're to grow in discipleship too, aren't we? Um, before I finish, um, there's a couple of things. I have a little list of, um, of resources. Resources are not a quick fix. Let me throw this out. They are a tool to help you in your intentional study, but they can be very useful. There's a couple of things. I won't read them all out to you. There's two that I find really useful. For youth and young people, there's this. It's quite new from Youth for Christ. And a bit like you saw with Megan earlier, it has lots of um, little spaces to do journaling and questions inside to challenge your thinking and help you go deeper. It has stuff at the start um, about um, the kind of thematic stuff to help you go um, deeper or look at specific topics, whether it's social media, relationships, whatever. Um, And also, it's linked to videos online, YouTube. Phenomenal, okay? Really, really good. I recommend it. Um, Also, if you intentionally want to go a little bit deeper, I really recommend this book. Um, It's called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. Right? And actually, it just goes a bit deeper and a bit more grisly if you want to really wrestle with it and go really intentional with it. Um, and this is my copy. Happy to lend it out. I would like it back. Please see me afterwards. We will email out some more resources because actually, they can be really, really useful things. But if you want to know more, please come speak to myself or Mike or anyone. We are here not just to throw out some nuggets of wisdom. We're here actually to equip. And actually, because if we don't know how to apply the Bible every day, actually, we're missing a trick, aren't we? We're missing a trick. So we need to be really intentional about that. Father God, uh, we give thanks for your word. We lift up your word and give thanks for it because it is the authority of our lives. It's the authority of this church, Father. And your word says that, that um, scripture is like a, sharper than any double-edged sword, Father, because it cuts through the rubbish. So help us to cut through the rubbish. Help us to see clearly how your word is a light, to our feet, um, a light for our feet and a lamp for our path, Father. That we might trust it. We might rest on it. Uh, we just be totally reliant on it, Father. So speak to us in your word and you and just give us real encouragement um, and confidence to really just dive into your word each and every day, Father. Let it guide us. Be our compass. In your name of Jesus Christ, we pray because we love you so much. Amen. Amen.